Good evening, world. This is the podcast Ask the Fast, and your host, S. Laura Cattell, welcoming you back to our continuing coverage of The Miracle Club from Mitch Horowitz. <clears throat> and we have, I want to say, we've gotten about halfway into Chapter 4 Methods in Mind Power. There were four particular methods in Mind Power that he uh, said at the beginning, right at the beginning of the chapter. Affirming, visualizing, meditating, and praying. We went through affirming, and now we're going through visualizing. Although, I have to say, he didn't really give a lot of technique. And from what follows, it doesn't look like he's going to do much technique either. Simply, well, basically a, um, a letter on results that they did of an experiment. So... Okay, where was I? My uh, my son was laughing at something in Dead by Daylight, so my apologies. Um, anyways, okay, so we were going over visualization, and he hasn't really gone over a hell of a lot of technique or practical application, but rather more of a conversation on mm, its usefulness, its approachability, its application. But not really much technique. Which is odd, because the first on affirming went over both techniques, spoken and then written. And it was pretty descriptive on that. And he has been rather absent on description in this. He talks about what happens, and we went over this yesterday. Talks about what happens when um, you need to take a break, or... Uh, if you need to go away or come back, or the emotional, the necessary emotional element to it, but not really a technique on how to do it. Very little was written in, in this chapter on that. So we're going to finish off uh, the little subchapter on visualizing today, and then move right into praying. And honestly. Let's go back to Mr. Dooley's example that praying more is a... Con you can just have a conversation with the universe. That was one of Mr. Dooley's um, exercises that he did is when he actually sat down and... When he was doing his t-shirt business, excuse me. When he was doing his t-shirt business, um, <clears throat> is when he... And he was explicit when he said when he sat down to talk to the universe, he really believed he was talking to the universe. So he approached it with reverence, and, you know, he did a little bit of a ritual, he calmed himself down, he created sacred space, he did some breath work, and then he had a genuine conversation with the universe, and he always would talk in the affirmative of, you know, I, I expect to sell this many today, and he'd give the reasons why, and it was very detailed, and you can go back, and we went over that in some depth, oh gosh, what, ten podcasts ago now? It's back there, you can go find it. So, I just wanted to say that before we get into praying. And we're going to finish off visualizing. So, before I get any farther, my shout out to the restaurant industry. All my guys and gals out there in floundering food land. I say floundering because, honestly, at this point, I really don't know where the restaurant industry is headed. Alright. There's some places 
you can't even get takeout because so many restaurants have had to close. They they don't have anybody to come in and work. If that doesn't frighten you, it should. But at the same time and in the same breath, I also know that every age has its difficulty. Right? Pre prior to this whole debacle over COVID-19 and the worldwide pandemic, right? We had World War 1, we had World War 2, we had the Vietnam War, we had the Korean War. Um, in this country, we had the Japanese in internment camps. We had uh, uh, lawsuits out the Yang when they discovered that cigarettes were actually very bad for you and caused cancer. Um, you know, we had Richard Nixon who quit because it was better than being impeached. Uh, we had uh, John F. Kennedy assassinated in front of everybody. We had the 9-11. You know, we've always... I don't want to say always. Um, every age seems to have its... Oh my god, the world's going to end. Where's the future going? Is there going to be a future? Type of a scenario. And we're still here. So as dire and downtrodden and... Frightening... The future might seem. I do know that change is the only true constant in the universe. It doesn't stay like this for long. It doesn't stay like this forever. So if you're going through the shit right now, take a deep breath and dare to have a beautiful vision of what your future will be. And if you're feeling too stressed and overwhelmed and you feel like you can't go on, please don't do something you can't take back. Don't quit. Don't quit. Alright. So, I'm going to get myself a little sip here. One second. Where did we leave off at? Okay, so... he We left off at... He was discussing that he had just finished three projects. He had... He was on a sabbatical from his publishing job. And he internally felt he needed something new. And out of the blue, he gets a phone call. Well, actually, email. Phone call and email. I think somebody was trying to get a hold of him via email and it wasn't working. Um, anyway, he said he got a call from an editor who told me that... Okay, call from an editor who told me that his colleague had been trying to reach me through email. Okay. And it ended up being a dream assignment. His words. He called it, frankly, a dream assignment. And he has no idea how that happened. Coincidence? Precognition? Mental attraction? Did it actually manifest? Was he thinking about it in some term? He's not quite sure. But he did want to insist that he's not sure that he can repeat that experience or anything like it. And we argued that, yes, you can, because manifesting is just a skill. Um, 
and you learn to control what it is you manifest because manifesting is simply the law of attraction. The law of attraction is simply you focusing, being on a frequency, and drawing to you things on that same frequency. Good or bad. And we left off um, after he had gotten done explaining um, that the whole point is to experiment in the face of impediments or inconsistencies. And we left off at a question. And the question is, a critic could rightly challenge. Well, what about all the times when it doesn't work? And aren't we apt to forget or edit out failures in favor of events that seem portentous? This is an extremely important cautionary note when entering into questions of mental causation. Mental causation. You're causing things to happen with your mind and mind alone. Be unsparingly strict with yourself. You are not merely looking for times when something works, but rather for episodes that are demonstrably exceptional. This point was driven home to me in a story from my friend Dean Radin, a physical researcher, excuse me, psychical researcher at the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Dean realized the power of clarity in attaining a personal goal, and this is how he described it to me. In 2009, we upgraded the EEG equipment in our lab to a 32-channel system in preparation for an experiment exploring whether exper experienced med meditators oft-reported experience of timelessness might be ontologically accurate rather than just a subjective time distortion. We asked the participants participants to meditate while they were exposed to a randomly timed light flash or audio tone stimuli. The idea was that if their awareness was genuinely spread out in time, including into the future, then perhaps just before the stimuli objectively occurred, we'd see a pre-response in their brain activity. This experiment was following up on a previous precognition studies investigating that what we dubbed presentiment effects or unconscious physiological reactions to future events. Basically, you're getting a gut feeling that something's going to happen and you're physically responding to it even though it hasn't happened yet or you're not even aware that it's going to happen. You're just having like like a pre-anxiety attack, or your gut feeling tells you, oh, I shouldn't walk into that intersection right now. Just, there's odd moments where you just become overwhelmed with those things, and you can't explain why. Alright, so we recruited participants, ran the experiment, and collected a ton of data. Then, the EEG analysis phase began. I surveyed software suitable for analyzing multi-channel EEG data and found one that looked particularly good, called EEG Lab. This is a free, open-source software suite used in thousands of academic neuroscience labs around the world. It uses MATLAB, a high-end, general-purpose programming language popular in scientific and engineering circles. 
I was not familiar with either EEG Lab or MATLAB, but I knew that to do the analysis justice, I had to use these tools. However, I was responsible for several other projects and I didn't have a big block of time I could set aside just to learn how to use EEG Lab. I needed help. My initial idea was to find a college student who was familiar with MATLAB and willing to learn how to use EEG Lab. I asked my research assistant, Lena, to see if she could find someone like that. She asked me to be clearer on exactly what or whom I was looking for. What I really wanted was an experienced neuroscientist who was familiar with the EEG lab, willing to analyze the data from our experiment for free, and also willing to take the risk to collaborate on a study of presentiment, which falls far outside the usual range of topics that most neuroscientists are willing to entertain. I wasn't sure that such a person even existed, or if they did, how to go about finding them. Lena said not to worry about it. Two days later, I received an email from a fellow who had attended a talk I gave a few years before. He wanted to come by and visit our lab. I said sure. Turns out, this fellow was not only a bona fide academic neuroscientist from UC San Diego, and not only an expert with MATLAB, and not only wanted to volunteer his assistance, he was also the person who developed and maintained EEG Lab. Arnaud Delorme has been part of the IONS staff ever since. He also maintains his appointment at UCSD, and he's a full professor at Toulouse University in France. This is just one example of a dozen or so striking syn synchronicities I've experienced, all of which were related to my gaining crystal clarity on exactly what it was that I wanted or needed. After gaining clarity, it generally takes a few days to a few weeks for the vision to manifest. Okay, so let's explain, examine that a little bit. So, he was trying to figure out what he needed, and you know, let's be honest, he was probably maybe a little afraid to say it out loud because right, you're gonna go find a neuroscientist that wants to work on this for free? That could come across as sounding quite rude, right? If you're gonna go walk up to somebody like, hey, you know, I really need somebody that can do this, 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 and this, and oh, by the way, can you work for free? Doesn't come off sounding really, you know, awesome, does it? But, he's talking to his assistant, and he just had a moment of clarity. Alright. What he want what he needed, what he really wanted, was someone that he could collaborate with, who already knew the equipment, who could run the analysis, and that he could talk to in the same language. And when he got clear, all of a sudden, boom, two days later, not only did he get a bona fide academic neuroscientist who was an expert with MATLAB, he got the guy who developed the program he wanted to use.
Which I would, you know, venture out to say that probably makes the guy an expert in that software since he's the ones that created it. <clears throat> and you can't explain those synchronicities. Alright? And this is where a lot of the other New Thoughters take it as manifestation because synchronicities like that you can't really explain. Alright, same thing with Mr. Dooley and his car, right? When he was in college and he wanted that car. The one with the pinstriping, that wheel, that color, that tire package, that car. And what drove up to his college graduation was his dad in that car. Right? Um, same thing with John Astroff and his vision board. Right? Vision boards work, but they're not really sure how or why. They have made educated guesses, but we really haven't been able to pierce the veil of how energetics work on the subatomic level, on the energetic level, on the telepathic level, on the transmit or receive level that human beings are capable of doing. They know it works, they're not sure why. Alright, that's his most famous story that goes out, is he you know, three moves in five years, and he ended up in, without even realizing it, the home he had put on his vision board. Not a house like it, the exact house. Alright, stuff like that you just can't explain. So the scientific community is really baffled by it. They know that it happens, they know it exists, but they don't know why. And that lends more credence to the whole... Uh, manifestation processes because there has to be something that happens when you imprint that image on your mind and get clear about it. Once you get clear about it, the stuff that you manifest is just <coughs> comes like that. Alright. Two days. Alright, he, he declared what he needed. Two days later, he got exactly I mean, better than expected what he needed. So I would argue that this letter actually lends itself to Mr. Dooley's explanation of things rather than Mitch's. Because this is one of those synchronicities that you really just can't explain. So I thought that was interesting. Alright. Now we move on to praying. Let me get another drink real quick. Alright. The writer and religious scholar Michael Muhammad Knight saw Spike Lee's movie Malcolm X at age 15 and began his conversion to Islam. Can a movie, Mike wondered, be sacred scripture. I strongly believe that it can. For me, one recent screen experience that verged on the spiritual was Jude Law's performance in the HBO miniseries The Young Pope. Law played a rebellious, arch-conservative, and fiercely individualistic young pontiff whose behavior no one could predict or control. His approach to prayer was to make demands on God and the saints, 
You must, you must, you must. <clears throat> this form of prayer is not wholly out of step with Judeo-Christian tradition. The Bible is filled with episodes of the patriarchs and prophets bargaining, cajoling, and arguing with God. Cain protests, successfully, that his sentence is too harsh. Jonah voices displeasure with God for being given prof prophecies to propagate, only for God to reverse them. Job demands explanations for his miserable fate. Adam, after biting the apple, answers back to God in confusion and challenge. In this light, the prayer style of the young pope, an orphaned Queens, New York native named Lenny Bellardo, comports with classical tradition. And Lenny's petitions appear to work. When everything around him is coming apart, when the faithful are demoralized by his harsh social dictates, and when Vatican apparatchiks are befuddled over his inscrutable priorities, Lenny delivers apparent miracles, bringing motherhood to an infertile young woman, mortally put punishing a corrupt and abusive mother superior, and earlier in life, healing a terminally ill neighbor. Drama aside, I am a believer in petitionary prayer. That is, in asking, even demanding, something very specific from God or a saint, especially when you've made a significant personal sacrifice or struggled to uphold a classically sanctioned ethical teaching and also labored to validate the goodness and generativity of what you're requesting. It must be acknowledged, however, that such perspective is never fully ours. So if you don't feel comfortable and it's not your personal religion, you can switch in universe, universal love, the one, universal mind, whatever feels right to you. Okay? Because at the end of the day, you're still praying to the same energetic source. Just everyone has a much different name for it. The act of belief itself may be key to the outcome you experience. I confess, William James wrote in his essay, Is Life Worth Living, in 1895. I confess that I do not see why the very existence of an invisible world may not in part depend on the personal response which any one of us may make to the religious appeal. God himself, in short, may draw vital strength and increase of very being from our fidelity. Hmm. tickles my head and I'll think I'll come back to it. Alright. Now, some in the New Thought tradition, and Neville Goddard is the prime example, teach that consciousness is God, and that there is no one and nothing to whom to appeal beyond your own mind. There is no God, Neville told listeners, other than he who is your own wonderful human imagination. He chided people for praying to these little pictures 
little icons, little medals, as he put it, and insisted that if the word God summons for you a persona or entity outside of yourself, you have missed the true nature of things. But I seriously question the need for this division. If God is in fact awareness or consciousness, then why couldn't the mind as God model comport with humanity's collective awareness of a higher being to which an appeal can be made? I see no necessary conflict between a divine entity and the holiness of the mind. The latter is the branch and the former the tree, or the root. And I'm proud to add that as a new thoughter, I wear the miraculous medal around my neck and use iconographic prayer cards. So he uses prayer cards with an image of whatever saint and whatnot is on the other side. He, there's a prayer on the back card. I agree with him in this one. To chide not only, not only that you don't necessarily need to worry about it, because when you're praying, it's even if you believe that you're praying to an entity, your mind is still hearing the prayer. Whether you believe it's external or internal, the words are still coming out of your mouth. The, the emotion is still coming out of your body, the thoughts are backing them up. So if the God, as it were, is in your head, is supreme consciousness, is the creative force behind everything, and we're tapping into it, excuse me, with our minds, alright, even if you were, you know, thinking that you're praying to an external source, the internal source is still hearing you and still hearing the words and still reacting to those words as such. So it doesn't really make much sense to differentiate between the two, and I would agree with him. You shouldn't be chiding people for that. Um, and that goes back to, um, honestly, Mr. Dooley's I don't know, theory? Theory. Extrapolation? We'll go with theory. Um, as God is the thing that is in all and everything. Um, Mitch here goes a little bit sharper, and he goes off of Neville Goddard's, which God is simply the mind. It is the consciousness. It is the creative force behind. All right, sorry about that. Okay, where was I? All right, let's get back to the book. I'm not quite sure where uh, where I was. Okay, so that proves that it is a life worth living, so it's okay. From the dead, that's one example of consciousness is God. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Alright. There I was. Moreover, I think that our network of psychologically conditioned fears and reactive emotions are sometimes impossible to break through without resorting to prayer. As a prerequisite to visualization and other methods, there are times when we must pray for respite from emotional habits anxieties and compulsions that becloud our psyches and sap our energies and enterprise. We need help to pierce the shell of our own psychological limitations in order to embark on the path of using the mind in a creative, generative manner. Okay, so I'm going to leave off there for today and that looks like that's before we get into the bulk of the prayer subsection and we'll go back over that more tomorrow. So, interesting stuff. I had no idea that um, 
the uh, young pope or the young pope or whatever that was called uh, even existed. I don't get into that whole section of stuff. That would be a question for my mom. Anyway. And, um, normally I would do my two-minute brain break, but tonight it's, uh, well, extenuating circumstances. So, I will leave you to ponder what we have just gone over. Thank you for listening. Thank you for participating. Thank you so much for your patience. Have a fantastic rest of your evening. This is the podcast, Asafras. Good night.